The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And you're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. I just want to ask you one question. Have you guys signed up from the Pet Buzz newsletter yet? This is one great way to keep in touch with Dr. Fleck and myself. You don't want to miss our pet reporting, especially in times of the global pandemic. I can't wait to start the show, right? What about you, Dr. Fleck? Um, let's burn to go. Let's jump right in with the weekly countdown and let's start with four. In the latter part of the show, we're talking with dog trainer and author Babette Haggerty about how to keep busy with our dogs during this time of more of a indoor life. Babette's great at that. She's been a guest on the show and she's a friend of ours. Look forward to it. And number three, in past weeks, we've talked about how telemedicine can help us. Imagine teletherapy dog visits from Divine Canines, Director Max Woodfin, and volunteer Cynthia Martinez are talking about how they conduct their visits in the time of social distancing. And that must be hard for both the client as well as the dog because there's no physical contact between the two of them. I'm real intrigued to see how that works. And two, can't miss the celebrity dish and my flex facts. And of course, in one, in segment one, We start with the socioeconomic impacts of the novel coronavirus. So joining us today about the socioeconomic impact of the pandemic is pet expert David Lummis. David, thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So before we get started, tell us about Package Facts. Package Facts is a division of MarketResearch.com, which is a market research publisher and also sort of a third-party provider of third-party research from other publishers. Good. Market research is really important for any industry. Uh, it helps people make major predictions. And, and especially in times like this, we kind of have to look at our market research and maybe alter our behavior or maybe not. You know, absolutely. And particularly now. Uh, and just to give you an example, I've been focusing specifically on the pet market probably for about 20 years and then longer than that on other consumer packaged goods market. And I really can't think of another market research was more important to an industry. Uh, every year, Package Facts publishes, it's probably its best-selling report, is called Pet Market Outlook, which does projections over the next five years. Well, great. So I'm glad you're here to talk about this. You know, it's interesting because pet ownership of dogs and cats is really the driving force in the pet industry. And throughout the Great Recession in, in 2008 and 2009, pet ownership stayed steady. Do you think that this will be the case uh, during uh, this COVID-19 epidemic or really throughout the whole year? Absolutely, because pets are such a very important source of emotional support during times of you know economic stress or really any kind of stress. And also, people are fostering like crazy in these dark times. So I'm sure many of those foster situations will turn into an adoptable slash ownership situation. So I'm glad you were able to answer that. 
Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking to David Lummis from Package Facts, a pet expert who is discussing the U.S. pet market outlook for 2020 and beyond. Well, you know, in the last 10 years, we've seen this trend of pets as family members, but the economy, as we know, it is an extreme fluctuation. Do you think pet owners will start to economize by buying supermarket discount or bargain brands in the near future? I definitely think that there will be a switch toward private label and, uh, more value-oriented products as a result of the economic downturn. It could be severe, but the silver lining is that the ongoing trend up until now in the pet market has been a movement toward more premium goods. For example, with Blue Buffalo moving from pet specialty channel into mass channels, there's been a big uptick in pet food sales because of that trend. So that might help to offset somewhat the trend toward value-priced brands. Well, recently, a newspaper article came out in our local newspaper, the Bradenton Herald, mentioning that veterinary services providers are busier than ever at this time. What are your predictions um, regarding vet care services? Well, actually, I saw that, um, and that surprised me a little bit. Um, On the human side, of course, we're being urged to delay, to postpone non-essential services, elective surgeries, and so forth. And our sources have told us that that, that's also going on in the veterinary field. So I'm not exactly sure, you know, what's going on if there are pet owners who had already delayed veterinary care who are now trying to get in before things get even worse. But the main thing that we have seen and that we're hearing about is an uptick in veterinary telemedicine, which allows pet owners to actually consult with their veteran, uh, with their vets online. You know, it's interesting. I mean, Dr. Fleck, he's not here, unfortunately, for this interview. But, you know, one of the things he says, and I'm sure if you think about it, it'll probably rain true. He says people are home now spending more time with their pets. So they're noticing more things, you know, oh, that animal has a little bump or maybe he's a little older and he has arthritis. So people, you know, are trying to get in as obviously as much as possible. And also depending on, uh, I guess, where you are. Yes, and we're also seeing curbside services where vets are actually coming out or handoff, they're calling it, or concierge services where pets are actually being handed off to the vets in the parking lot so the pet owners don't actually have to go inside and interact. So people are adapting in a lot of ways, but that really makes Dr. Fleckhead about pet owners, you know, being at home more and spending more time with their pets and noticing more things and also realized even more than ever you know, just how important they are, you know, for the emotional and physical support. Well, what other services have you seen affected by what's going on? Well, actually, the medical uh, pet services classification, which excludes that, that will be the hardest hit by this downturn. A lot of that is boarding. And obviously, if people are staying at home and not traveling, uh, that pretty much obviates the need for kennels and boarding services and the kinds of daycare services people, you know, would normally employ. If people are at home, also don't need the kinds of in-house visits from pet sitters and walkers that had been picking up prior to the coronavirus pandemic. So, um, to a lesser extent, grooming, but I've all, I've just read online that I believe it's PetSmart has completely suspended its grooming services for the time being. And sure. no, I believe that was Petco. Petco has PetSmart. I believe as of yesterday was still offering them under limited hours. But again, you can imagine that's, that's not completely essential 
So really anything that's not essential, we're going to see a, a major downturn in, at least over the short term. David, before you go, any last comments, especially about workers in the pet industry? We have about 30 seconds left. Yeah, well, I'm very concerned about that um, because there are thousands of mom and pops in the pet industry, whether it's independent pet retailers or service providers, sitters, walkers, groomers. And, you know, the early reports that we're seeing with all of these unemployment claims, uh, the pet industry is not going to be immune to that. On a brighter note, um, many of the services and obviously the production of pet food and the sale of pet food is essential, no matter what the state of the economy. So in that sense, the pet industry will be insulated to some degree. True. Pet food and litter. We can't forget litter. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to have to have... I've been having a little trouble getting my preferred brand. The other huge thing that we're along with just about every other, you know, shopping category is the rush online. Uh, E-commerce had already been booming in the pet market prior to the pandemic. It was responsible for a large amount of the pet product sales over the last few years, much more than average. And we've revised our projection from 24% of pet product sales in 2020 to 31% of pet product sales in 2020 that will be conducted on the Internet. And that's a phenomenal jump. We also think that many of the pet owners who migrate online will not move back as quickly to brick and mortar post-pandemic, whenever that is. I'm going to let you go, and thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was David Lummis, the pet expert from Package Facts, discussing the business of the pet industry and the U.S. pet market outlook 2020 through 2021. For more information, visit marketresearch.com. After the commercial break, we're coming back to the celebrity dish and bring you Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pets healthy you. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy, so I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, 
EpiPed is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPed, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Business Show. is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm half of it. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm the other half, veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So, am I seeing a new trend? Male notables having candlelit dinners with their dogs. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. You can? Yeah, because we have candles every night. Okay, but candlelight dinners with... This is no date. It's the dog and the oh, guy. Oh, okay. okay. In March, Us Magazine reported that Kate Middleton's brother, James, hosted a little dinner party with his five pups, and he showed this on Instagram. He showed off the dogs. Now, imagine this. Bandana Clan dogs, Ella, Zulu, Inca, Luna, and Mabel, crowded around the table, each with their own plate of pet food and a glass of water at their seat. Candles enhance the table atmosphere. How about that? Can you picture it? I sure can. Okay. Well, in April... People Pets dished on how Justin Thoreau, that's the ex-husband of Jennifer Aniston, and his adorable rescue dog, Kuma, are spending quality time together. While self-isolating amid the coronavirus pandemic, Thoreau enjoyed a candlelit dinner date with his pit bull mix, whom he rescued in 2018 in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Who's next? Dr. Fleck, will you be having candlelight dinners with our dogs? I do every night. Come on now. We have candlelight because we're trying to help out on the No, Dr. Fleck, you and the dog sitting around the table eating a meal. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that picture. Okay. Tonight. I'm going to have you and the dog sitting around the table. But we don't have a big table. But we'll put through. Well, Morrow sits at the table. So you know what? I'll have a candlelight dinner with you tomorrow. How about that? Morrow does never not sit at the table. Morrow, our English toy spaniel, he's the biggest one we have. He's a black and tan, retired show dog. He spends his day sitting on the chairs because he's afraid of Wally, who's nine pounds. So that's the best way to avoid him. Okay, so let's move on. So now let's talk about what you guys have been waiting for. It's Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fiction. Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about self-examination of your pet. It's going to be like speed dating. It's okay. going to be quick. It's going to be quick. Okay. Going to be quick. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be quick or not, knowing you. <laughs> Why are we doing this topic? Because people are home with their pets all day long, and they're observing like they've never observed before. And so have their pets been observing their human counterpart like never before. Okay, I, I want to talk about the how the pet owners are kind of driving you crazy with all of these commands. Oh my God. Okay, yes. so let's like, so where do you tell them to start? Because obviously people are coming to you with all these problems. They're noticing like how the pet eats and sleeps and moves and smells. Yeah, well, because during this global pandemic with imposed social distancing, pet owners have more time on their hands. They okay, are- so where do you tell them to start when they want to get involved in this whole self-examination process of well, their pet? Start with the head. So your pet's eyes should be bright and clear, not red, cloudy or watery, neither of those. 
Some pets have eyes that are normally more teary than others. When in doubt, just ask your vet if there's a treatment okay, for Okay, so it. perfect example is Morrow has a lot of tears. His eyes constantly run, and unfortunately, his face stinks. Yeah, well, the lacrimal ducts are a little bit small. Okay. okay. So what about mouth and noses? Okay. So aside from your pet's eyes or his or her mouth and nose, or the first things you should see when he approaches you. So if your pet's bad breath reaches you before he does, it could mean a problem. Dental disease is extremely common among pets by the time dogs are three and cats are four. Pawing or rubbing the face and drooling excessively can also be signs of mouth pain. Some dogs naturally drool more than others, but if you notice your dog drooling more than he normally does, schedule a checkup and your pet's nose shouldn't be excessively runny either. And despite the old myth, a wet nose does not necessarily mean your dog is fine. Okay. So we covered some of those things in Pet Dental Health Month. And we've been working on Hannah's mouth because she's a little drooly and kind of rubs her face a little bit too much. Hannah's our golden retriever, and that's a whole other, you know, she's a senior now. So these are kind of things that we have to think about. Okay, let's talk ears. Yeah, you mentioned Hannah floppy ears. So your pet's ears should be clean and shouldn't have a bad odor. Shouldn't stink. Nah. Okay. A little bit of wax can be normal. It is normal. But excessive wax, a brown buildup or redness may mean something is wrong. If you see your pet shaking his head, scratching his ears, or rubbing them, call your vet. Yeah, you got to call your vet a lot because you can't necessarily always go there. You just got to be careful. Okay. So remember this. It's always a good idea to clean them with cotton balls and pet-safe, non-irritating ear-cleaning solution like my Happy Pet Ear Cleaner. Okay. So if you see your pet shaking his head, scratching his ears, rubbing them, Call your vet. Yeah, that's one thing I'm always really sensitive to because as a kid, I used to have to go to the doctor, the pediatrician, and get my ears cleaned all the time. So I'm like an ear freak. Clean ear is important. Okay, so let's move on to skin and coat. What do you got to tell us? Pet skin shouldn't be red, flaky, or excessively dry or greasy. Any lumps or scabs warrant at least a phone call to the vet. Okay. Not all pets have shiny coats. Remember that, but the first should look healthy for your pet's breed. Not dull, and there shouldn't be any bald patches or matted areas. So when you check your pet's skin and fur for those changes, you should also take the opportunity to look for fleas and ticks. Because it's that time of the year. Because it's that time of the year. Well, in Florida, it's year-round. Okay, but I know it's really that time of the year where there's a lot of activity right now. So it's spring. Okay, so let's talk about bones and joints. I told you this was like speed dating. Okay, ask yourself, is your pet active and moving well, or does he struggle to stand up or hesitate to jump or use the stairs? It sounds like Thames. Yes, it does. (laughs) Thames is our oldest dog now. He's 15 years old. He's an English toy spaniel. I was noticing the other day his coat is looking a little dull, Mm -hmm. and he's struggling to get up. Well, his doctor is trying to repair that. I know that. Yes. I know that. Okay, so you were saying about bone and So does your problems. pet limp or struggle to complete his regular walks? Bone or joint problems can definitely cause mobility issues and hurts. But sometimes the signs are more subtle, like simply not being interested in playing. So be aware the joint disease is not just a problem for elderly pets. Some joint bone problems can even affect puppies and kittens. Signs of joint disease can be particularly difficult to notice in cats because most people don't leash walk their cats and cats are masters at hiding 
their pain and illness. Something you always say. I always say those silent diseases. So okay. After an exam, your veterinarian may be able to recommend medications, joint supplements, and environmental modifications that can help. Okay, so talk to us about heart and lungs, because this is another problem we're having with another senior pet, Hannah, our golden retriever. Okay. And with so many elderly pets, some dogs and cat breeds, especially short-nosed breeds like the Persian cats and pugs, they Or we should say Himalayans and English toy spaniels, of which we have so many of them. So they naturally have noisier breathing compared with some other breeds. So if you're not sure what's considered normal for your pet, ask your vet. And that's all the Flex Facts for the week. Wow, that was a lot of Flex Facts. You want a date? Okay. (laughs) Well, for a complete list of pet body areas that you should be concerned with and want to learn how to self-examine, visit our social media channels and listen to the whole part of this interview with Dr. Fleck. We're going to take a commercial break, but stick around. More of the pet buzz very soon. I bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the Week. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. Welcome back. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we want to bring you the most important pet and animal news each week. I'm going to kick off this segment with my I Likey of the Week. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. Well, I got to tell you, I'm thrilled to report that this past week, the Chinese city of Shenzhen has officially become the first city in China to ban the consumption of cat and dog meat. The new law goes into effect on May 1st, following China's late February decision to ban all consumption of wild animal meat and further restrict the wildlife trade, including hunting for consumption that's nationwide in China. The ban on the consumption of animal meat is a response to the novel corona, that's COVID-19 pandemic, after some of the earliest infections were found in individuals who visited a wildlife market in Wuhan where bats, snakes, and other animals were sold. So Shenzhen legislators underscored the importance of banning cat and dog meats, too, which I think is a phenomenal thing. So in the city statement, 
Shenzhen underscored the importance of banning cat and dog meat, but they also said in the statement, dogs and cats as pets have established a much closer relationship with humans than all other animals, and banning the consumption of dogs and cats and other pets is common practice in developed countries and in Hong Kong and Taiwan. This ban also responds to the demand and spirit of human civilization. Like I said, the law will be in effect May 1st. The proposed change will all also, fine Shazen restaurants founding to serve dog and cat meat. Well, our next guests, I just got the signal. Our next guests are waiting on the phone. But first, I want to let you know that research and experts agree that pets excel at therapeutic agents and that dogs are an antidote to depression. Studies have shown a decrease in both blood pressure and stress levels during therapy dog visits. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you can interact on in a physical way with a therapy dog or even a therapy cat. A visit from a therapy dog can break the daily routine, increase overall emotional well-being and stimulate the mind in a dramatic way. But things are changing. We don't have that physical contact. So joining us today to talk about how to conduct therapy dog visits during this time of COVID-19 is Max Woodfin, the Director of Divine Canines and Volunteer Dog Team Leader, Cynthia Martinez. Max and Cynthia, thanks for joining the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for calling us and good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. So before we get started, Max, please tell us about Divine Canines. Thank you for asking. Divine Canines is a Central Texas-based therapy dog organization. We provide free visits to more than 210 different partner sites and regular special events, everything from school reading programs to community clinics to study breaks for college students during finals. You know, I have to admit, like, part of the reason I called you guys is because I love the name Divine Canines. It just sounds, and also the good work that you do. So um, thank you so much for joining us here today. So, Max, I'm just curious, whose idea was it to do therapy dog visits via the Internet? Because it's so hard with the policies of social distancing in place. Well, Charlotte, it uh, all credit goes to our volunteers, I promise you. I'm certainly not smart enough to have come up with this idea. (laughs) Within a couple of hours of our board chair and I announcing that because of the virus, we were having to suspend our in-person visits, I started getting calls and emails from our volunteers saying, hey, let's figure out another way to get in front of our clients because they're going to miss us and we're going to go crazy if we can't do our visits. Well, definitely high snaps to those volunteers. Hey, Max, who are the volunteers visiting via the Internet? Uh, Dr. Fleck, our volunteers are visiting a pretty wide variety of our regular clients. Uh, Perhaps most prominently, we have been doing virtual visits with the clients of the ARC of the Capital Area, which serves people with disabilities, many of whom are severely affected when their routine is interrupted. And by these virtual visits, we've been able to restore some of that routine. We also have a volunteer who is a school librarian, and she's been providing virtual therapy dog visits in her library for her students. 
Hey, that sounds pretty cool, right, Dr. Fleck? Sure does. Now, are the are the clients that you visit, are they male and female? Like, what's the percentage? Oh, my gosh. Uh, we really haven't broken it down because we don't discriminate against any age or sex or ability of any kind. If they are people in need, we visit them. Great. Great answer. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Max Woodfin, the director of Divine Canines and volunteer Cynthia Martinez. Cynthia, how how are you and Bailey doing during this time? Well, Bailey is a, a very social dog, so she's been kind of struggling a little bit, but uh, I've been doing pretty well. I'm <laughs> trying to make sure she gets a lot of outdoor time right now. Well, that's great. Well, Cynthia and, and Bailey are a therapy dog team from the organization, and they're based in Austin, Texas. So, Cynthia, you know, I wanted to ask you, you and your dog work as a therapy dog team. Tell us a little bit more about Bailey. What kind of breed is he? Like, what does he like to do? Is he kind of, you know, is he a, a cuddler? So, Bailey is about 11 years old. We like to say that she's 11. Um, she is a basset hound. She was rescued about 10 years ago from a local uh, basset rescue group. And we've been together ever since. Um, she's a very social dog. She loves people. And that's pretty much why we became a therapy dog team, because she made it very clear early on that she loved saying hi to people. She loved getting pets. She loved just being around other human beings. And she also made it very clear that she was a high-energy dog. So she was a dog that needed a job. Um, so we very quickly narrowed in on the type of work that she needed to do, and we connected with Divine Canines. We've been a volunteer for about the last seven years, and during that time, she's gone on more than 300 visits throughout Central Texas. So how does she manage now with Internet visits? So right now, we're primarily using uh, our Zoom and, you know, the, the basics behind our computer and our Internet connection. and. I think our first visit, uh, you know, that was one of the really big questions is how would Bailey interact with someone if they weren't physically there with her? And once she started to hear a kid laughing um, and she started getting treats and she started seeing how I was engaging with her the same way that we would normally engage um, during a therapy dog visit, she settled right in. So she's having a lot of fun. So I'm intrigued, Cynthia. Tell us what you talk about. And in these therapy dog sessions, how long? Is each visit? Well, each one of our visits right now is probably about 15, 20 minutes. And really, we let the other person decide what happens. Um, so a lot of times, we'll have parents contact us if they just want some interaction for their child. And um, so in those instances, usually we'll do like a, a the reading of a short book, you know, something that takes like 10 minutes. And then maybe we might talk with the kid, um, answer questions about Bailey, just kind of make them laugh. But when we're meeting with adults, usually the conversation just kind of goes wherever they take it. Um, it's it's very similar to where we do visits in person, where sometimes um, the patient wants to talk to us about their dogs, or sometimes they want to ask questions about Bailey, or sometimes they just want to talk about what is bothering them. You know, really, when you go through therapy dog training, one of the things that you learn is how to let the other person kind of guide where they're comfortable going. And so those conversations really are happening happening in a very similar way. So what are people talking about now? I mean, what do you find people talking about? People are just trying to be happy. Um, I think people are trying to look for the goodness in life. Uh, a lot of people are spending a lot more time with their pets at home. So a lot of people want to show us their pets <laughs> and talk to us about them. You know, so we've met some cats, um, some rabbits some other dogs online, that kind of a thing. But I, I think people are just looking for that human connection and for a way to smile right now. 
Cynthia and Max, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here. What great work you guys are doing. It's fantastic. So that was Max Woodfin and Cynthia Martinez from Divine Canine, and they're discussing how they are reaching out to those in need of pet therapy. And for more information, visit divinecanine.org. Up next, Global Pet News. And I thought that was great. I got to meet Bailey and Cynthia. I look forward to it also. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, we are urban. Suburban. And country. You know, just so you know, we would love to hear from you. Send us a picture of your pet. We'd love to see what he looks like. And also, let us know how you guys are keeping yourself busy. Send us pictures to team at thepetbuzz.com. And we're going to post them on our social media channels, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So definitely send us some pics of your pet. Okay, so time for Global Pet News. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. So, just wanted to know if you heard about Nadia. Did you hear about Nadia? Nope. Okay, well, Nadia's a four-year-old female Malayan tiger at Wildlife Conservation Society's Bronx Zoo in New York and has tested positive for the novel coronavirus, that's COVID-19. Nadia was tested by the USDA National Veterinary Services Laboratory after she, along with six other cats at a zoo, developed a dry cough. They're all expected to recover. But soon after the news broke, outrage sparked. The WCS had to clarify how the animals were tested this past Monday morning. The Bronx... Zoo Chief Veterinarian Dr. Paul Calais tweeted that the he didn't even didn't even make a statement. He tweeted that the big cat who tested positive for coronavirus COVID nineteen was not tested with a human test. He further noted that you can't send human samples to the vet lab and you can't send animal samples to the human lab. So there would be no competition for testing. In other words, Nadia was not tested with a human test. Okay, the COVID-19 testing that was performed on Nadia was performed in a veterinary school laboratory. You know, you and I've talked about this, Dr. Fleck. I'm I want to know how these animals are tested. Well, I've checked with the laboratories before and they really don't seem to have an accurate testing for this particular virus, this COVID-19 virus. So that it'll be interesting to see how these pets are getting tested anyway. 
So according to the Bronx Zoo, the cats were infected by a zoo employee who was asymptomatically infected with the virus while he was caring for them. And appropriate measures have now been put in place for staff members who are caring for them, as well as other cats and other animals at the WCS's zoos to prevent further exposure. Additionally, no other animals in the zoo are showing symptoms of the virus, which is a good thing. But really, the zoo has been closed to the public since March 16th. It's also been reported that though the cats of the Bronx Zoo have some decrease in appetite, for the most part, they're doing well under the veterinarian's care. And while it's not known how this disease is going to develop in big cats, since different species can differently react, the cats are going to be monitored and watched really closely. So here's the thing, everyone. Nadia is the first known animal to be infected in the United States as well as the first tiger to test positive. So, of course, we're going to do more coronavirus reporting in the days ahead. But let's talk about how we should be spending these days ahead. I mean, with the social distancing, limiting time outside, we need something to do. Okay, and now my next guest is on the phone. I'm excited because it's my friend, Babette. Babette Haggerty, you guys know her. You've heard her before. Dog trainer extraordinaire and a New York Times bestselling author. Babette, you're on. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, so quick question for you. Actually, first question for you. Why is it a good idea for us in our downtime to train or retrain our dogs? And then also, where can we find some resources right now, since many of us are kind of told to stay in, practice that social distancing? Well, I really think that this is a time where people are either going to utilize this time and make the best of it, or it's very easy, and I'm guilty of it, for us to get a little lazy. You know, our dog's routine is completely different. So now is a good time. You know, first thing in the morning, you can get up, you can drink your cup of coffee, but you're not rushing off to work most likely. Go out into the driveway, work the dog. If you live in a tiny apartment, go out in the hallway and work your dog. Get that off the list. Because when we're working and back in our, quote, real world, we come home at the end of the day, we're too tired to teach your dog new tricks. We're too tired to work with our dog. Take advantage of this. Now we have the time to do it. So in other words, go to the gym at night and work your dog in the morning. Absolutely. If you're allowed to even go to the gym. Well, I mean, like, when we get back to normal, oh, to dream, dare to dream. Okay. (laughs) Yes. You know, there are so many trainers out there, myself included, we're all offering online training. So, you know, before people were limited to the trainers that were in their local geographical area, maybe they couldn't find anybody they liked. Start searching the web. Go find yourself a trainer in East Kabish when you're in, you know, wherever. You can find the perfect trainer for you and work with them virtually. And you can also buy books off of Amazon because I can tell you, Amazon is not stopping. They're taking everyone's money and they're still delivering. Thank goodness. (laughs) Right? That's the only thing you see is those gray trucks on the road. Even if you're in Western Alabama or South Dakota or even Spokane, Washington. So Amazon is with us. Right. Absolutely. So my dear friend, Barbara Babakian, who, you know, uh, love oh. Barbara. Okay. Barbara got a new puppy. So she's been coming oh. to my Facebook lives and she's like, I have friends who have new puppies. Like we can't, so, you know, we have to practice social distancing. Like what advice can you give us for puppy socialization or what should we be doing at this time with our puppies? 
Okay. There are so many things. A lot of people are nervous about, oh, I got this puppy and now I can't socialize it because I have to socially distance myself. Don't worry about it. You can do a lot of things at home. For example, you know what? Throw some pots and pans down on the floor. Make noise. Go on YouTube. There are tons of sound effects you can find on YouTube. You can do things like even if you're in your driveway or the hallway of your tiny apartment, get some cardboard or get a sheet and throw weird objects underneath the sheet or on top of the cardboard and throw some treats on top of that sheet or cardboard and get your dog to walk on this weird thing that has weird things underneath that's lumpy and that's not normal and wasn't there this morning when they went outside to go to the bathroom. Great it, idea. It is. Absolutely. You can also, if you have, you know, a family member that's in your house that you're in quarantine with, when you're walking, have that person just kind of lightly throw a sheet on top of your dog as you're walking. So they don't see it coming, but they get used to things coming out of the sky, things coming from them on, you know, unexpectedly in different directions. The sheet's not going to bother them. You know, it's not going to hurt them. It might startle them, but it teaches them to sort of build their tolerance for weird objects, weird things, strange things happening. You know, that's awesome, Babette. I'm so glad I called. You know, it's funny because I used to work with a lot of dogs that had sense noise sensitivity problems. And, you know, I, one of the things I used to do was work with this Halloween spooky tape. And it always, mm-hmm. I tended to work with a lot of uh, GSD, German Shepherd dogs. And, you know, I forgot about my DVDs of Thunder and Halloween tapes and things like that. So I think that's a super idea. See, I've been out of it so long, I don't even remember the stuff. But I'm glad that you brought that up. So that's something that you guys can do at home. Okay. So, you know, my friend Marcia was saying to me, my dog's got the basics. It can sit, it can stay, and it can down. Like, so what should I do? And I said, well, you know, I know, you know, my friend Babette's going to be on the show. I know what she's going to tell you. She's going to say, okay, you got that stuff down. What about your recall, right? Because that you got to practice to get your dog to come, 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 and come. Yes, that's something you should practice. Spend eight minutes a day doing that over and over again. Come, good boy. Come, good boy. Come, good boy. And then the next thing you can do, which I love, because anybody can do it, even if they're in bed, they're not feeling well, they can have it with their dog by their side. Teach them tricks. Spin. Roll over. Play dead. Give me your paw. You know, you can make it even more fun and utilize your whole entire apartment. For those of you that have been hoarding the toilet paper, hold on to those toilet paper rolls that you now have. Stick treats inside those toilet paper rolls. Hide those toilet paper rolls throughout the house and teach the dog to go find the treats hidden inside those toilet paper rolls throughout the house. It's going to teach them to use their nose. And then you can expand on different scents with that and get your dog into nose work. You do the prep now. Then you'll be able to go into nose work classes when this is all said and done. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that you can do. It's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Beth. It was a lot of really impactful information. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Well, as I always say, it's too soon to wrap the show. Now, Dr. Fleck, can you please thank our guest? Special thanks to our guest, David Lummis, Max Woodman, and Cynthia Martinez, and Babette Haggerty. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin-coated ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have a question, write us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. 
And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.